0: another episode episode 36 of happily opinionated man 36 episodes who saw that coming
1: i think we promised when we first (laughs) started this that we would get to at least 52
0: yeah we said 52 is our goal
1: we're gonna do at least a year
0: yep and here we are.
1: So, whew, I mean, sixty percent, maybe. There's God.
0: Sixty percent. This week, we're a couple days late because we have a very esteemed guest. You may know him.
1: <laughs> Sorry, as, David, I didn't mean to laugh.
0: As DJ, as <laughs> DJ St- Skinny Sticks, as he is on our Zoom call right now. DJ Skinny. David yeah. Podolsky's back on the show. David, how are you?
2: Good. How are you guys?
1: I'm you not know. saying that I'm good anymore. I'm not lying and telling people that. No. I'm not doing that great.
2: <laughs>
1: Quarantine is not good for me. I'm surviving. No, it sucks. But I'm not I'm not telling people like, I'm just trying to see the positive. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. No.
0: I'm just me accepting
1: neither. that I don't like this lifestyle.
0: Yeah. So. It's not fun. It's hard. But it's hard for a lot of people. And we got to see the positive. (laughs) I'm I'm saying
1: we don't have to see the positive. We can just say it's hard and that's it. Hard period. Yeah. I'll still do it. I'm not abandoning it, but it is a challenge.
0: So this week I wanted to talk about something that everybody's thinking about and is concerned with, and it's the murder hornet that's out that can come and actually (laughs) kill people and kill all of our bees, which means we're gonna, if we have, ever, if you've seen a bee movie, you know that if the bees don't work, humanity will shut down. We think the coronavirus is bad. Yeah. We're gonna have issues for years. Millennia. millennia. I mean, the Antichrist <laughs> could be in the form of a killer, a, a murder hornet, for all we know, David.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's in Maccabees. Yeah. That's actually what's happening. That's why it's called
0: Maccabees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Maccabees, do You get it? No, we're
0: going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the coronavirus. Kind of what we've done in the past, like d- data-wise, what what we've done, has it worked or not, and then what the game plan is moving forward. And David uh, has had many conversations with people at the CDC, as well as virologists and biologists and ep- epidemiologists and a lot of gists. David's had conversation with so. <laughs> I guess to start, Dave, you know we've been locked down for what two months now, and they about And you know the data has shown, true or false, the data has shown that
2: it's worked. True the the, the data they, it does, they do show that. Um, Michigan is a good example where you guys were like two weeks ago you were looking like. Um, your daily, your daily deaths were going to start peaking where you were heading for a New York situation and everything has gone down Yeah, and deaths are still increasing. Obviously deaths are still going up, but your rate of daily new cases is going down and your testing is up substantially.
0: So I guess, you know, I've seen, I'm seeing a lot. I think what prompted this conversation was, um, you know, there's, I have friends that are pretty pessimistic about the future, about what the next two to 10 months look like, I have friends that are very optimistic and I have friends that are living not even friends. I have people that I know that are delusional um, on both ends, meaning like things are going to be perfectly fine. There's nothing like this is not a big deal still like it's it's overhyped or it's, you know, this is the end of the world, which I think is delusional as well. So I guess, David, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on where we are, where you think we're going, where we should be going and what you think will happen in the next couple of months.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I think the main problem we're sort of in this period where the, the lockdowns have been going on for a, a, a good portion of time, and some states are starting to reopen. You know, people are getting haircuts. Um, gross. Uh, retail stores are starting to reopen in certain places here in Colorado. All that stuff is happening on a limited basis, and people are they want to un- try to understand where the end game is. Uh, the lockdown was very, was good at stopping the spread of the virus temporarily. The purpose, I think the main problem is that it was not communicated to people well, what the purpose of the lockdown was. It was not to eradicate the disease. Mm-hmm. That was never going to happen. Um, the purpose of the lockdown was pre- to prevent the overwhelm, overwhelming of the healthcare system which has not happened. Um, New York came very close to the brink. Um, but now, like, the, plan, the plan was to buy us time so that we could come up with a strategy to do something about the disease. Do something like the way other countries tackled the disease when they first got it. So South Korea is a good example. They did uh, contact, tra- they tested like crazy and they did contact tracing. They figured out exactly where the disease was going, um and if you don't want to use the south korea example because they're too well set up for they're prepared for this because they've had to deal with sars before you can use a country like germany which is not dissimilar from the united states obviously it's less population but it's more densely populated and it's also a federal system they tested like crazy and germany right now where they're at is they are their government is in a fight bet- like with apple About whether they will have a decentralized or centralized testing and contract tracing program. And if that sounds like gibberish to you in the United States, it's because we're not even close to that. Mm -hmm. Because there's no federal response whatsoever.
0: What do you can you just Um, can you explain real quick the difference between those two? Centralized and
2: decentralized. So so a decentralized system would be a system that is basically app that's what Apple wants, right? Apple is a big privacy. Um, corporation their plan for something like this would be you uh, using Bluetooth in your phones you would be able to get a ping on your phone like say you're sitting at home and you would understand they would send you a message say you were in contact or someone who was in close contact with you um, was had tested positive for the coronavirus. you need to isolate yourself or you need to get a test Like, this is a message you would get on your phone. A decentralized system, in that instance, would be Apple basically dispersing that information to people and them handling that sort of communication. A centralized system, which was what Germany was leaning towards, would be all that information would go to their public health, um, like their main public health body. For us, it would be like HHS or the CDC, and they would handle getting that information and sending it out to people.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, Americans are not going to like that.
1: No.
2: Yeah, it's the main, it is like the main struggle with this sort of, um, you know, Americans are very different, I guess, from European countries where they're very, we're much more protective of our privacy here. Yeah. And, you know, there's the thing the, I think the benefit here is that there's a lot, there's a lot of potential for oversight and there's been. Like a few different options uh, that have been floated around, basically, like the da- the data will delete itself; um, it'll never get to Congress. It cannot go to law enforcement. These are all things that are on the table, but it's kind of a pipe dream. We're not there yet. We are absolutely not there yet. We're not even close. Is it? So we're sort of like in this phase where everybody wants the lockdowns to end. But we have no plans for what the next steps are. The basically the next step, as I can see it, if you just want my opinion, is that we start to open things up and people start to get infected with the disease a little bit more, and then you're looking at like March and May, uh, or March and April again.
1: Oh, we'll have like a lockdown like that. We'll see the disease ramp back up all over, and we'll do the whole thing again. Is that what you mean by March and April?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Basically, because we don't have a plan. The disease is not going anywhere. Is the it, disease is here.
1: Is it because we're having, like, our administration is having trouble putting people in charge of this? Is that why we don't have a plan, or are we just, like, why don't we have a plan? We're just that far behind, like doing our best, or are we, like, not really doing what we should be doing?
2: Right. So I, you know, the the Trump administration has been a complete failure on this, and but I don't want to put. Too much blame, I think they should get a lot of blame. But too, you know the CDC completely messed up testing in the months of January and February. Um, but the Trump administration you know, there was a, a news alert that went out today that said that they're going to disband the coronavirus task force at the end of May, which is maybe things will not substantially change, but the sort of messaging that they're giving to me, is that they're not prepared. They're, they're in no way ready to set up a massive testing and tracing program that we need. Like We are doing, I think now, 45 tests per 100,000 people. We need to be at 152 uh, per 100,000. We're not even close to doing mm-hmm. that. And there are some states that have had to go out on their own like Maryland and even Iowa, which is, you know, they're also doing a reopening. They've had to go out and get tests on their own. Larry Hogan is the governor of Maryland. He got 500,000 tests from South Korea because his wife has contacts there. So that's the sort of, that's the situation that we're in.
1: It's not good. Yeah. So just really quick, you, Adam mentioned like a few different people that you talk to, I know you can't like say anybody's names, but who could you say again, like where you're getting your information on all of this so that people understand that we're so not for, just having, I mean, Adam and I share our opinions, but you actually have spoken to somebody who's qualified to give you this kind of data and like, you know, understands a little bit, at least about COVID.
2: Yeah. I talk to an epidemiologist like pretty regularly um, regular group chats. She used to work at the CDC, and now she's at the University of New Hampshire. Her name is Sharon McDonald. She's, um, she's been really great. She's been sending articles out. Um, she's answered, you know, she's responsive when you ask her questions directly. And then for on the virology side, there's been, you know, there's a lot of virologists actually who are out there in public trying to get the message out. And I think this is why the stock market was a little bit more positive last week that, um, you know, the steps that we've been taking towards a vaccine have been really positive Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and they, they tend to be, um, you know, on the more optimistic side of things. They've, the more they study about COVID-19 the more they've sort of realized that the disease is not, um, it doesn't grow as quickly uh, or it doesn't mutate as quickly as something like the regular seasonal flu it's actually or you know aids or anything like that it actually mutates very slowly so it's easier to not only come up with an initial vaccine against it if our first vaccine trial is not a perfect match for it it allows us it buys us more time to come up with something later that is a more perfect match for it
1: yeah that makes sense it's everything I read the article that you sent us, and from what they said in the article, um, every virus mutates, but not everything mutates the way that the flu does. And they compared it to the flu's ability to change is like the speed at which a vine can grow, and coronavirus' ability to change would be compared to like the way that a cactus grows. So we would always be able to keep up with it. It wouldn't just be able to change exponentially where we like the flu does. Yeah. Which is a fear of people. So it's good to like start letting people know that that's not something that we're concerned
0: about at all. Totally. So. Yeah. So you is right now is it look, does it look like, because, you know, all the signaling we're, we're getting from the Trump administration and from like, you know, red states is that. Um, it's basically like, let's open, open back up. Things are going to be okay. We're just, we're getting rid of the task force where, you know, Trump is, Trump went to a face mask factory today. Like the first time he's traveled in months. Uh, and he didn't wear a face mask right. at the face mask factory, mind you. Um, <laughs> which you, you can't make it up. But, uh, so like is the is the plan do you think just to basically open is what they want to do open up and just wait for a vaccine? do you think that's what the plan is because like even if david even if like the trump administration thinks three thousand deaths a day in june that's thirty consecutive nine elevens essentially right uh, yeah. yeah are they go are like if if we see spikes in may are they going to cl- our state's going to close back down? Is the, go- is the government going to say, hey, like even Trump said, you guys should, we should shut down. We should stay out of groups of five or more. Like he himself even said that during March and April. So like, what do you think happens when the inevitable happens? And what do you think the game plan is?
2: You're asking me to predict the Trump administration. I'm right sorry, now. man. <laughs> it's not fair.
0: <laughs> but hey, you, you agreed um, to come on the show. So what do you want? Well, we're saying yeah. like,
1: based on like virologists that you've talked to what are they saying like if we just all come back out we're probably going to have that right
2: yeah I think there's also you know I think epidemiologists so those are they're the ones who are like sort of gaming out how the disease spreads and what we should and what the rate of the spread and what we should be doing in preparation. They've actually, you know, they've been slightly more, they've been okay reopening as long as you do all of the things, as long as states put in place things like you you need to wear a mask in public, you need to be washing your hands regularly, you should avoid mass gatherings. And, you know, they've been... Sort of, There was a really good piece in the New York Times where they sort of, you know, it was called, I think it was called Coronavirus the Year Ahead. Like, what's, what's going to happen over the course of the year, up until we get a vaccine? And, you know, it was just, it was a sobering read because we're not returning to normal. We're not going back to the way things were in January and February. Um, there's no, like, sports are not going to happen. Uh, unless they're behind like, closed doors, things like that. You know, Major League Baseball is talking about doing things with no fans. Soccer in Europe is doing things with no fans. That's the sort of thing we're looking at. Life is not going back to normal. So the, what's going to happen that's inevitable, even if you have people who are wearing face masks, who are taking into account all these things, the virus is not going to spread the way that it did in February and March. It's not gonna be exponential. The virus is still going to spread. So basically we just have to, the goal is to keep the healthcare system from being overwhelmed and hope that deaths are low. <laughs> like that is the main hope. Um, but I, the deaths going up are inevitable. People are gonna to continue to get this disease um, it's going to attack the most, the most vulnerable. And if you go to like, there's a ton of different models that game out how many deaths we're going to have. Five thirty eight uh, is a great website that has compiled all the models. Mm-hmm. The IHME model, which is a model out of Washington, which is what the, uh, the Trump administration was going by, they had forecasted 67,000 deaths by August 4th. We're at 70,000 deaths right now. And they're not even the most optimistic model. They're not the most pessimistic model, which is forecasting 240,000 deaths. And we might exceed that. We might, there might be more deaths than that. But the goal of basically combating coronavirus would be an ideal world to understand where this disease is spreading and isolate, um, isolate pockets, prevent clusters from forming. We just don't have that capability because we don't have any coordination on a federal scale. Yeah. Um, and other and, other countries have, have been... I want to like... I'm sorry I'm like going on. But no, this is all stuff no. that I other, think
1: everybody wants to know. We're getting a lot of different information. So it's, it's nice to get something cohesive.
2: But yeah, other countries have been able to do this. Like the, the United States is dealing with this it's not abnormal for the United States to have the most cases of rel- a rel- we have a higher death rate than Germany, for example. Um, it's, it's, there was a way for us to tackle this. There is still a way for us to tackle this and deal with it, and to have a reopening of our economy, where we can get people back going to retail stores and have businesses reopen. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're just not there yet. And I'm worried, and I think a lot of epidemiologists are worried, that um, people will take the suspension of stay-at-home orders as um, a free-for-all and they will just start going back to their regular lives, which is how you, that's where we get back to where we are now. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're already starting to see a lot of that.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: People in Michigan are just kind of done with it and there, a lot of people are vocalizing that and they're not going to stay home anymore. So Yeah,
0: (laughs) Like, I think for me, I kept writing on Facebook status. I never published today, but I don't understand in my brain. I don't get the only thing that's changed about the virus is our willingness to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A hundred percent. The
0: only thing that's changed is we're not as scared of it anymore because we see 3000 deaths a day, 2000 deaths a day. A lot of us know people that got maybe may have have it. You know, I know. I know, you know, there's people, you know, close to you that have had it and, you know, haven't, and unfortunately didn't make it. I know people that have died, but most people don't, and especially here in West Michigan. So I just, I'm concerned that like nothing's changed about the disease. It's still as deadly. It's still as contagious. And I think this just creates more space for people to believe the fringe stuff that the internet puts out, that hospitals aren't really, weren't really ever full. And, you know, I don't know, like, there's just tons of there's, I see so much crap on the internet. That's not real. that people are starting to believe because they're just so, I think they're so desperate to get back to normal. And so they can, sub, this is just my theory. It's not based on any fact, but just my gut. It's like, we just want things to go back. And so this maybe wasn't as big deal as we thought it would be. And so for that reason, we should just start living our lives because this didn't, you know, we're over this, this is over. And I just think we could be in a really bad spot in two months.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's psychologists have done studies of people who are susceptible to conspiracy theories and they tend to be on the more vulnerable, vulnerable side, both like economically, but particularly psychologically, they're very insecure about their own insignificance in the world. So they latch on to conspiracy theories because it gives them a one-up on someone else. Like they have secret information, secret access to information that nobody else has. And coronavirus is something that um, sort of like exacerbates that instinct 10 times, like tenfold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone who like, for instance, is skeptical of vaccines and is like, doesn't want to, uh, is an anti, they think vaccines cause autism and all these things that have been, been debunked for years. What happens is they, they, they're susceptible to thinking that, you know, Bill Gates, for instance, is somebody who was trying to plant the mark of the beast on people through a vaccine and he invented the coronavirus and it gives them this idea, like this access to information that nobody else has. It's, you know, obviously it's not true um, and it's a historical it's, and it's anti-factual. But coronavirus is one of those things where because the human brain is designed to like, we're not, our brain is not designed to uh, comprehend exponential growth, for instance. So this is why you had people back in March saying this thing is like the regular flu. And it obviously is not the regular flu. It's the same way the, the human mind doesn't really have the ability to comprehend how massive a scale uh, this disease can spread and how much destruction uh, it can wreck, wreak mm-hmm.
0: the havoc it can wreak.
2: Havoc. That's the word. <laughs> <sighs> there's a good. There's a good um, economist on. He actually used to be on. He used to be on Long Island at uh, SUNY Stony Brook. His name is Noah Smith, but he has, a, he has a good point where he says, you know, he sent out a tweet where he said, the coronavirus as of right now has killed 0.012% of Americans, which does not sound like a lot. And someone replied to him and said, that's like nothing. And he said, consider the you're not considering the counterfactual. And the counterfactual for any argument is basically, what would have happened if we had allowed this thing to just blow through our population. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> it would have done a lot more damage. And the thing is that, you know, we're, everyone's talking about how much of the economy are you going to sacrifice. If the disease kills enough people, um, you don't really have to worry about the government stopping economic activity. People will do that themselves. Only 22% of Americans have said they would feel comfortable going out to a restaurant right now. It's not. Just because states reopen doesn't mean that the economy is going to come roaring back and people are going to get their jobs back. This has dealt a blow that we're going to be feeling for months.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think I would go to a restaurant.
1: No, I don't want to go. I mean, I want to, yeah. but yeah, I don't think like it's a good idea. I don't think that's something that we should do. But it makes me really sad because like restaurants employ so much of our entire population. I know. It's just like the biggest, that's one of the, the one, one of the things that we really just can't work around. Like, I I mean, even takeout, like they still have to pay for their space that they're in, which accommodates a lot of seating and they pay the square footage for that. And I don't know that, that makes me really sad. I just don't see how like a lot of restaurants are going to be able to survive for like six or eight months or more.
0: Uh, a restaurant in Lansing, Bravo, an Italian restaurant that was really famous, been around for twenty four years, said say they're not reopening. That's a chain. There's this one in there's this but well, this one in it's an Italian restaurant. It's owned by this husband and wife duo. Oh, there's an, oh, there's else. also an yeah, Italian restaurant that's
1: a chain called Bravo. It's not the and same. one
0: of our favorite restaurants here in town, Grove. Shout out <laughs> to Grove, isn't coming back. So yeah,
1: it's sad. Um, yeah. I have a question, David. Maybe you can like. Talk about a couple of these conspiracy theories that have been floated around and like you've been speaking to people who are qualified to say what, you know, they have a pretty good idea about the virus. So you might be able to say we know that these things aren't factual. For instance, um, I keep hearing a lot that like even if this wasn't, this virus wasn't man-made, um, it was... It was being worked on in a lab in Wuhan, and and that's how we got it. It it was an accident, though. But so, what about that? What are you hearing? How did how did this happen?
2: Right. So I think it's um, it's important to note that this wasn't this isn't just like I I mean I it falls into the category I guess of a conspiracy theory, right? But a, a U.S. senator, specifically Tom Cotton, was sort of floating this idea about a month ago, and he was a little too cute by half because he was very heavily suggesting that it was a bioweapon. He included that mm-hmm. in the list of possibilities. Yeah. Um, he said a, a lot of different things, that it was done by accident, that somebody um, just got taken out of the lab in Wuhan, um, but he also floated the idea that it was a bioweapon. Epidemiologists were very clear from the beginning that it was not something that was designed by the Chinese government. And U.S. intelligence agencies confirmed that um, to the Trump administration. This is over a month ago because they said, and this sort of filters into the idea that it was leaked by accident. There was not the normal amount of chatter from China or the Chinese Communist Party, which our intelligence agencies monitor. uh, That would suggest that they were... um, They they were panicking about a disease getting out from the lab. Uh, That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So one of the stories, this was reported by Fox News, was that an intern at the lab mistakenly injected herself um, or exposed herself in some way to the virus. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci today sort of cast doubt on that and said that they don't really have evidence that it was a leak from the lab. I don't know the answer to this question. And I think we may never, I think the public should be prepared. Um, We may never know the answer to this question. Maybe, like maybe it came from the wet markets. Maybe it came from, maybe that exact situation like I just talked about with Fox News. You know, maybe that happened. They do study coronaviruses in Wuhan. And there was, in 2013, there was an article in Nature um, that I was just reading today, where they talked about a new novel coronavirus that was different that they had found, you know, in yeah, bats. Yeah, because
0: people hunt bats for their, for their, they look for viruses in bats. It's like a thing people do.
2: Yes. And it was, you know, there was like a lot of different um, conversations about maybe this came from a pangolin, or it went from a bat to a pangolin to a human. And the article I was reading is that they were studying coronaviruses that Our direct transmission from bat to human, which was something they didn't know could happen in 2013. Obviously, things are different now. But, um, yeah, for that, I don't know the answer, and I'm not sure if we ever will.
1: But we do know that it wasn't, like, engineered and released on... It
2: wasn't, yeah. It wasn't um, engineered as a bioweapon or anything like that. It was a naturally occurring coronavirus um, epidemiology has been very clear it's a naturally occurring yeah. coronavirus that has been in animal so it's just not clear like if it was a direct transmission to humans or if something got released from the lab and i guess i i have no idea yeah do you think adam knows i do
0: know and i will tell you when the time is right when when <laughs> when things when the moon shines at the right hue that margarita is really going down nice isn't it dave Cinco de Mayo. It's Cinco de Mayo
2: when we're recording.
0: Um,
1: we had margaritas earlier today, we
0: did. too. Uh, so here's something that's interesting to think about. And Beth and I were texting, with, texting about this today. Do you think this is like, let's game this out a year from now? We have a vaccine that, eight months from now, we have a vaccine that, that works, that we know it works. Maybe we have two or three different kinds of vaccines, they all work. What do you think the government like? Do you can you foresee a a world where the government mandates it, and if they or or do they mandate like you don't have to get it, but then you're you're excluded from X, Y, and Z in culture? Because right now, school, yeah. Because like I've I listened to a I listened to a thing today where this pastor was saying that basically this vaccine could be the mark of the beast and. You, you know, will you as a Christian, will you get this vaccine? And that's then Bill a, Gates is right. the Antichrist yeah. in this scenario. Right? Yeah. Well, Bill Gates is Bill Gates is part of a new world order that's trying to get everybody to get a tattoo or a digital or a bio or a biochip to say you got the, the vaccine. Um, And this at the end of the day was he goes, the pastor was like, I know that, that, that this is contagious. And I know that some people have died is what the pastor said. <laughs> um. <laughs> not like 2000 Americans a day, Jeez. but, uh, anyway, that, but also not even that, not even that crazy stuff. I'm talking like people that are just anti vaccinations, right? Like, what do you think the government's once we, cause everybody, the government talks about this Specialists, special people that are, you know, professionals in this field, talk about this, like when we have a vaccine, 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 what about the
2: people that don't get the vaccine? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, um, Actually, I'm familiar with this in New York because we wrote a lot of um, letters of support for legislation that was being passed in New York that was requiring schools to um, basically, you had to, your children, if, you're, if you wanted your children to attend public school, they had to be vaccinated. That was the measles, right? Which, like last year.
1: That just happened last fall, they, right? It was
2: MMR. And yeah, that was less, we, they passed it last year and it was HPV was also one of the other ones that they were considering. Um, but MMR, you have to have your kids vaccinated. Um, that is something that government can do. Uh, they can, if you want your, you know, public events is something
1: yeah.
2: uh, that you would have to prove that you, that you had a child who's vaccinated. Um, the same way that you would if you wanted to send your dog to the groomer. Uh, you have, to, have yeah. to prove that your dog has bored a and things like that. Um, that is something that government can do. The government can obviously not run around to each house and inject some vaccine, but they can use, um, you know, they can use their, they, they don't really have compulsory powers, but they can basically make you, if you want, if you want to participate in this element of public life, your kids have to be vaccinated. That's something that they can do. They can't mandate a vaccine. Sure.
0: No, but do you think they will for this? Do you think they'll say, if you don't have the vaccine? No, saying. no, what I'm saying is, we, if like, we, like, do you, I guess, my, what I'm asking is your opinion. Do you think that they'll say, hey, uh, it's fall of 2021. You want to go to a, you know, a New York Yankees game, in your case, or a Rockies game? To get into the stadium, you have to show a card that's proved you are vaccine, you have the vaccination for coronavirus.
2: Well, yeah, that's now, like, this is, the Yankees are a private, um, godly, very Christian organization. <laughs> um, and they, they can basically, they can do whatever they want. You know, they can, you know, you show up at the, at the gates of Yankee Stadium, right? And you have to, you know, empty your purse. Um, you have to be waved down. And I think you had, to, when I went, um, probably too often, they would, you would have to get patted down if you were a guy and if you were a girl, they would have to, like, open your purse and go through it and things like that. Yeah. Um or take a peek in it. They can do whatever they want. If the if Yankee Stadium wants to say we're not admitting you in unless you have like this sort of card, it's the same thing as you having a ticket to the game. If you don't have a ticket to the game, you don't but get no in. I gonna- think Adam is do- trying
1: to say like can the government say if there's going to be a large group of over 100 people, you all have to check to make sure that people have been vaccinated. Is that what you're saying Would the government overreach that far? I'm
0: saying would there be mandate, yeah, with every mandates put in to say to protect the common to protect people everybody has to have this vaccination if you don't want to fine but you're just basically excluded from large events for a long time or you're excluded from certain things like you know can seven people that work in an office of 50 not get a vaccination and basically expose themselves to it and potentially get sick and potentially die you know and that that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about because yeah That's what I'm thinking about.
2: Yeah. It's very hard. You know, I think governments, you know, governments, this is actually better because this is more of the field that I'm familiar with. Governments can try to pass those sort of laws. Um, People can challenge them. What will probably end up happening, um, there was a Wall Street Journal article today, um, or it came out this week. I don't know if it was today exactly, but it said that your employer is basically going to be watching your every move because they will pay for access to... Cell phone data to track your movements.
0: Yeah, I read that too.
2: And they, because they want to know like if you've had the virus or things like that. I think that's far more likely. I don't see, if someone were to challenge a private company setting up something like that, I think they would lose. If they challenge the, let's say, the federal government, which does not actually on its own have very strong quarantine powers, all of those powers fall to the states. But if they went to like the federal government, if they tried to file in a district or a circuit court, yeah. um, I, don't, I don't see something like that really holding up. But it's hard to it's, – it's really hard to know. Yeah.
0: Interesting, Dave. Interesting. Um, in Denver, you guys, have, you guys have relaxed laws, right, as of right now? Like you can gather in groups of 10, correct?
2: We, in Denver, we don't. In Colorado, they do. Denver extended its deadline to May 8th. So after that, you can gather in groups of 10 or less. But I, and I think this is important because, you know, Colorado is one of the states that was getting criticism. You know, in Denver, he, Mayor Hancock just passed a mandate for masks out in public. And it takes place. It goes into effect tomorrow. So if you're going to a store, be it a retail store or a grocery store or a wine shop, um, you have to wear a mask. So I think those are the sort of things that you want to see governments mm-hmm. um, doing for sure.
0: I saw Ohio did that, but then they walked it back saying it was an overreach. Did you see that?
2: Uh, yeah, I did see that. Ohio obviously is a very different state than Colorado, which is, you know, is further to the left, and they're more yeah. um, agreeable to government. But um, to government mandates. A mask would really help a lot. I know people in the beginning where the CDC even said that masks were not effective at keeping out the disease, which is still true. um, Unless you have like an N95 or something like that. But when two people are wearing masks, the transmission of disease is very low. So if you can get everybody wearing masks, you wouldn't really have to worry about the spread as much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we wear masks and
2: we go out. So
1: Yeah, we do. It's been...
2: Yeah, we do too. And mine keeps falling off. I don't have a very big nose. I yeah. know.
1: We
0: were just talking about and that before the show. I was like, man, his nose is so small.
1: I know. I was like, let's talk about it now so we don't accidentally say, say something about his tiny yeah. nose. So we for like five minutes, we just. Ah.
0: Uh,
2: I appreciate you guys. Your nose is
1: perfectly sized. Yeah, I've never a, seen a more perfectly yeah. sized nose. I've
0: never seen a better nose in my life.
2: No. No. It's, well, it's, it's Elizabeth great makes, she was, my, the mask comes off my face whenever yeah. I like start um, moving my mouth. So it just like slips below, below my nose and I'm just like, this is pointless. <laughs> I need to find I got a,
1: yeah, you, a tighter you mask. You do have to keep it above your nose. That I true. can't
0: tell you how many people I've seen out with masks that wear them below their nose. Intentionally. Yeah.
1: Intentionally below their noses. You guys.
0: Wear a mask above yeah. your nose. Yes. Or people that just like, I saw this guy the other day.
1: Or they just take them off to talk on their cell phone. I know. It's just.
0: Well, I saw a guy pull up in his convertible. I was sitting at the liquor store waiting for them to bring me out because I'm still not going in if I don't have to. They bring me out my order, put it on the back of my truck. They have my credit card information. That's it. A guy pulls up, wearing a mask in his convertible, the mask while he's driving, takes his mask off and goes into the store. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. You can't make this up. It's too
2: good. People are fine.
0: And I I sat there and waited for like maybe 10 minutes for them to bring my alcohol out. And I probably saw 15 people go in. Maybe half had masks on. Nobody had gloves on still. So that's I, I watch this stuff. and I I just ultimately think no matter what we could say, this virus is going to turn you into a donkey tomorrow. And people would still be like, yeah, I'm done staying inside. If you get it, you're going to turn into a donkey, like 100 percent chance. I think people would still just be like, I can't live like this. I'm going to go see my parents. I'm going to bring my kids to see their cousins. And I get it. We totally get it. We want to bring our kids to see their cousins. We want to bring our kids to see their grandparents. Adam's
1: using the exact example of like things that I say. I really wish I could see my parents. I wish my kids could see their cousins. It's true. (laughs) And I was like, I hear people saying.
0: I hear people that I live with (laughs)
1: saying. I hear one person saying.
0: (laughs) These are all things we want. But I'm seeing people doing it. and I'm just saying you like you're. Yeah. It's just hard, man. I don't want to get your parents sick. It's just hard. It's like it's just so hard
1: want to either i think the thing that like is is challenging for me is that i know we can't all actually stay in our homes and only go on walks for a year that's really not possible
0: david could do it yeah
1: not all of us though we can't all do it so that that's what maybe that's it. why i wish that like well i don't even mean like i'm just meaning like the um like what we would lose economically like if we all did what we're doing now for like 12 months, it would be really, really hard to recover from. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's also part of this conversation, right. Is that econ- our government the
1: economic value of life.
2: Right. But I mean, like there are other countries, like Canada is giving people like $2,000 a month <laughs> to get them through this crisis. Yeah. Our government has not had that sort of response. Um. And I think that, you know, and they're also talking about fighting the expansion of, you know, they did a massive expansion of unemployment benefits, which was good. Um, that ends in July. And there are people in Congress who do not want to extend that. I don't think that people are magically going to, like, this is going to, like, obviously the disease is still going to be here in July. Mm. But also, um, and it may not be as severe as, as it is now. But the disease will still be here, and the economic suffering the people who are, that people are, that they're going through right now will still be there in July. I don't understand why they're not giving out more money. The original plan from the Democrats was to give people like a stipend of $4,500. Why not do that? Yeah. As opposed to $1,200 if you made under a certain amount. Because the
1: Democrats also wanted companies to stop polluting.
2: Yeah. Rude. Yeah, well, there was some of the, that was the other thing, I think, that was a problem with the way the bills were passed was that they took an old bill, um, Republicans specifically, and they started adding a bunch of things, saying that there were a bunch of fake things in the bill, like you had to have diversity in your um, company board meetings. Uh, That was in an old bill. It was not in, in the bill that Pelosi was talking about passing. So So it's like, we're still, we're still, we're playing politics in this moment when we really should just be like making the money, money printer go burr and just giving people money uh, to get through this.
1: Is that what, so, cause that's the thing is like, I'm, I don't consider myself an expert, but I just want, I just want like even any slight projection, give me some ideas of what this next year might look like. And none of our government officials are doing that. They only want to give us like at the most two weeks at a time. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. How can they have no idea what we're going to do next month and what we're hoping for in four months and what we're thinking in six months from now, like, and keep updating us as that changes, but at least give us an idea of what they are expecting from us. That drives me insane.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's why people are now are, you know, I think Apple has communicated to the government um, and to the press that based on their cell phone tracking data, people are just starting to, the social distancing is stopping. People are sort of just doing, they're doing it on their own.
1: Yeah. Where
2: they're basically getting tired of it. And a lot of this, because we don't, there's been no coordinated federal response how often has Trump talked about um, testing? He's, I know he talks about testing and how we've done more tests than the rest of the world combined. It's completely not true. Italy, Germany, and like France put together have done more tests than we have. We're, like, we've done like 6 million tests and the world has done 32 million. We're way behind. Um, he's never g- gone into what contact tracing is and he's never explained to the American people with all of the, you know, press conferences he, he does every day, what that is going to look like for them. What is then, what is, he's always like, we know what um, April looked like and we know what May is gonna look like. We know it's not gonna be a return to normal. June, what does that look like? It has to look like an ideal scenario, we would be where Germany is now. We'd be fighting about which companies are gonna have access to our data, how government regulates, um, That privacy aspect, like there is a public accountability and public health uh, board, uh, PCLOP, I forget exactly. But, But like they should be involved in something like this. This is something where they would get involved in any piece of legislation that was passed and they would be going over what the privacy implications are. There's no involvement, none of that is happening. This is a complete and total failure on the federal scale. And it's because you have a real reality TV host as president. He's this is he's above his pay grade. This is above his pay grade. Yeah. I'm so frustrated. I get so frustrated. The more I think about it. it.
1: it is frustrating. These are people's lives. And even like if, even if somehow like the three of us don't even get the coronavirus, we make it until the vaccine. We still will have had to compromise our life for you know at least a year in a huge huge really challenging way yeah it, it's hard on everybody and to just be like left in the dark and not be told what our government is actually doing and planning and what their plan is to fight this but instead be told things like you know in may where we don't need our you know task force for this anymore as if it's gone yeah. and i saw something today where I don't know if this is true, but I saw an article today that was, like, Trump is basically saying, like, churches aren't going to be held by any of these rules anymore. They can do what they decide. So, like, I don't know if that's going to be left up to, like, governors to decide if... But, like, our governor said churches could...
0: I think she reopened, didn't she? I think she did a while ago, but most churches haven't, because the risk is. uh, What I did see that McConnell wants to do is basically cut any liability for a company or organization if they someone gets sick. You know, which will give churches more freedom to open up. So and Mm -hmm. and it'll create like, you know, like these these meatpacking places that now like you and I talked about this this weekend, Beth. But like you know, there's no liability for a company if there's 800 sick workers. Um not those workers can't say, Hey, we we're putting we are put in unsafe work environment now. I think you'll see some of that is is the government will take liability off of comp- corporations and churches if some people get sick there so they can't be in trouble financially. Yeah. I mean I am not going I'm not going to a gathering more than ten people anytime soon. So churches can do whatever they want, but like we're gonna still watch online because it works. Oh, that's the other thing in that video I watched today. He said the reason why they're shutting down churches is to get our sermons online and be put into a facility in Utah where they will then mine everything people say and then um, put people, put pastors in jail in the upcoming years for their freedom of freedom. Once we become a Chinese state, essentially, that was another part of the video.
1: <laughs> no, nobody oh needs gosh. to do that. We've said it all online. Everybody has said everything that China wouldn't allow you yep. to say already.
0: Well, he's like the reason they're doing this it's- is to get all of our pastors, online so then they can stream it and put it in utah and wait for when we when wait till church becomes illegal and then they're gonna come in for all of us and have this document to use against us well
1: they don't need to do that to do it that's my point <laughs> it's
0: just crazy it's already
1: out there somewhere And people
0: watched it and we're like this is the this is amazing it's just like oh my and
1: gosh. how many churches are already online
2: oh a ton of them, them. what will really blow people's minds is that um the Antichrist and the Rapture and all that stuff is not actually biblical. <laughs> so it's like I know,
0: I know that'd be a great podcast too. We should. Didn't some guy in Canada fi- I totally, figure out the Rapture and was like made it up?
2: Uh, it was dispensational. I don't want. Wow. We're yeah, it's a whole other. But you know what? Would be
0: crazy. This,
1: this is a really. <laughs> that's a great good topic. Topic. We're gonna table that. Yeah,
0: we'll bring you back for that one next we may time.
2: Lose some listeners on that one. I just have, I don't know anything about that. I just have like opinions.
0: Yeah. So I think too, just to wrap this up, I think another problem we have is that people, this, 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 this issue is political. You can look at most people on the left are like, we should be, uh, most people want to be locked down. Like if you, the the vast majority of people say like, we, like, what is it over 80% or 80% of people say, say we should keep things locked down. Well, hold on.
1: I want you to go back really quick because this should not be a political issue. It's an issue that's being politicized and it's being used for politics, but it shouldn't be.
0: You're seeing people that vote and support Trump as being like, "We need our freedom of religion. We need, we need our churches back. We need we need this and that. We need this and that." Vocally, because they see this as an indictment on Trump, right? Like they see this as they see this as like this. This is I mean this is is this has been the biggest colossal failure of his life which is uh, which is crazy to say but it is it's the worst it's it's yeah. been the, his worst response and he's done been filed bankruptcy six times america might be his seventh but um <laughs> you know like you just see people on the left having a different response than people on the right with this issue when it affects us all the same for the most part
2: right yeah i th- i think You know, part of this is, I think actually there's way more unity on this than we perceive. Mm -hmm. I think polls even show that a majority of Republicans support the lockdown measures. So I think like, you know, I'll give an example. Like my parents are um, Republicans or I'm a Republican. I'm still a registered Republican. But it's like, you know, they they are very, very much in favor of staying, you know, locked down. They are, of course, in a more vulnerable age bracket. I don't want to say how old they are. but um they look great for their age regardless but uh they they have a real fear of the disease and if i'm being honest like i do too like i know the rates of my survival are really high but i'm you know i'm not afraid i'm afraid like any other person i don't want to get it i am i understand that i there's a good chance i will get it eventually and i'll just deal with it but um i don't want it i don't think anybody should want it. it it the disease really has no mercy on people like some i know like people who are close to me who got it were asymptomatic and then you know it can kill other people mm-hmm. um or do lasting damage too mm-hmm. so i don't know how much d- divide there is on that i do feel like beth's point about it being politicized is really really that's really salient mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely being politicized more than it is actually political
0: yeah yeah well I think this was a good talk
1: this was I I mean it was nice for me it's hard to like filter through everything and it was nice to just have like a cohesive conversation and yeah we know so much more than we did two months ago don't we
0: and yeah and I still feel like I still feel so lost with just where we're going so
2: We we know nothing the the best quote for me actually was from an epidemiologist who was quoted he was like this really famous guy who's talking about the models and he said all of the models are wrong but some are useful yeah so just keep that in mind when you feel like you're in the dark a lot of experts are still in the dark too we're trying to figure this out as we go and it's really hard
1: yeah it is yeah thankfully they're willing to share their knowledge with us yeah when they figure anything Uh, (laughs) out.
0: Alright, Dave. Well, thanks for your time tonight, my friend. It was it was great chatting with you again.
2: It was great chatting with you guys. Alright. All right.
1: Well, see you guys.